This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. This month, Sorcerer will release their new album, Lamenting of the Innocent, via Metal Blade Records. With Lamenting of the Innocent, the band let their influences shine through, breaking up the epic doom with flavors of prog, post-metal, classic heavy metal, and hard rock. Purchase your copy now at metalblade.com slash sorcerer. Once again, Lamenting of the Innocent, the new record from Sorcerer. Purchase your copy now, metalblade.com slash sorcerer. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hey, what's going on out there? Is that your host, Petter Speich? I am always joined by... My name is Brandon Hahn, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. And... Jocelyn Sharp. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp. That's J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N, sharp like a sharp knife. And make sure to follow our other co-host, Sylvia Alvarado, on It's the Sylvia on Twitter and Instagram. If you guys want to follow me, I'm at Rise to Offend. Facebook and Twitter. Rise to Offend official on Instagram. This week, guys, we got Nita Strauss back on the show. We are here to promote Rock Guitar Fundamentals. That's Iwanttoplayguitar.com. It's a new course that she's putting out there. It's fantastic, guys. It's three modules. We're going to break it down in the interview. Always love having Nita on the show. Always a great chat. So hang in there for that. But before that, we got a music episode. We got an email. So uh, let's hit the email sounder for that. Unleash the fan So it's been a while since we've done a music episode. It's because the questions we keep getting are too basic for me. So it's like when people say, hey, what's your favorite this? Like, I don't know. Um, We got our email last week. We might tackle. We discussed here saying, what is the worst single song you've ever heard in your life? (laughs) We might. Definitely not on Stampede. Uh, I can tell you that. Stampede. It's definitely not on Stampede. Close to to my heart. I'll tell you something about now. And I I wrote the the dude back. I'm like, look, dude, like I I don't want to bash anybody fully, but I go most likely the worst single song I ever heard in my life isn't going to be in the rock metal genre because I I, I mean, no matter what, I'm going to bash something I don't listen to or like that drives me crazy. So it's definitely Definitely a polka song. I, I, can tell I you actually, that. I actually know mine, dude. I know mine. <laughs> I know mine. I know mine. mine. Uh, tell me, what is it? No, no. Well, 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 you know what? If you guys want to do it, we'll talk about it next week. Okay. Because right. uh, I didn't, I didn't uh, set up mine. I know mine as well, but it, it is a hip hop song. What genre is yours? Mine's more like uh, just. Not almost like a indigo girl type of bullshit song. Yeah, <laughs> anything about feelings. So you hate or uh, you hate you hate lesbian rockers. Well, no, 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 no. Beautiful I, harmonizing lesbian rockers. Are we talking I, about Lilith Fair shit? I love lesbian rockers who rock. <laughs> we'll go well, next this, week. Next this week. Is not, I didn't even say rock. This was more like I get it. A, you don't is, you don't respect tea sipping rock. You well, don't, yeah, you don't yeah, respect exactly. rock. Yeah, you yeah. To while you drink tea. Hey man. So we'll. Yeah, answer. I don't. I don't. Re, I don't respect book club rock. That's what it is. <laughs> I felt that question was too vague. I'm like, dude, I don't want to get into the worst single song. That's that's a hard one. So, but a lot of times I'll get, what's your favorite this and that. So I always go back and forth with people, and I'm like, no, no, make it a little easy, harder for me to do. So this guy Hank wrote us a couple episodes back. Uh, it was when uh, the Jamie Jost episode. I'll read his email here in in, in full. It says, uh, "Hey, RTO Metal Sucks guys and gals, it was such a trip hearing you interview Jamie Josta." 
my two favorite metal podcasts. Crossing Over was a blast, and you guys both talk about yourselves way too much, so it was fun to see you compete for the mic time. Ha, ha, ha. Josta won, by the way. Of okay, course, no need of for course that Josta won. Yeah, no you know need what for that dig. <laughs> what's what's <laughs> with that passive-aggressive dig? You both talk about yourselves a lot. Yeah, wait a minute. You mean to tell me the guy being interviewed talked more than the guy asking questions? That's this what I try to do. But, I mean, hey, no, he's, he said ha, ha, ha. But guys, hey, be nice. Oh, he wrote okay. the show. Okay. He wrote the show. All right. And I really appreciate He said with two favorite metal podcasts, the fact that the Josta podcast, which is huge, and, and he likes us, that means yeah. we're the second best. Yeah, the fact that the, the Josta took, podcast people, I'm sorry. I don't mean to. You attacked Pete, and it made me attack all, him. I'm all, sorry. The, all this is positive, you you crazy kids. I'm, okay. not, saying, I'm not saying we should tar and feather this I guy. I am. Let's <laughs> do it. <laughs> Just I got show the up wax at his boiling. house. I'm like, ah. You know, I'll tell you right now, honestly, Shame. though, in, in, Shame. in fairness to what he said, most of the, any, anything that I've gotten, like, Venom-wise, hate mail, or hey, this oh, and that, it's exactly that. You talk too much about yourself. And I'm like, dude, the way Have you had a conversation? The way interviews yeah. happen a lot of times is that you're having a conversation with someone <laughs> and then you guys go back and forth and you share stories. And I like to do that and then get to what I'm promoting. That's what I like to do. Okay. Well, because it's a way to get people to drop time, their guard. Well, I mean, that sounds like I'm trying to sting them, which I'm not trying to do. No, you're not I'm doing not yellow to do journalism. I'm just but, saying it's like, you know, you want people to, you, if you're interviewing someone, you want to come across as a human, not just somebody reading off a fucking paper. Well, and that's why paper. people, that's why all these people love talking to Pete. It's because yeah. he doesn't do the same shit the rest of the people do. Well, I don't know. I, I don't want to talk shit about anybody else, but I appreciate that because that's a compliment as well. But I don't know how other people interview. I do listen to they shows. They suck. And <laughs> but <laughs> you're the I'm best the, ever. You're the best. Number one. I'll tell you this. And Next this to is, Josta. This, this is the only <laughs> Pat on the back will get yeah. Justice, I think Justice is much better. Than me. First off, he does his person interviews in person. Well, yeah, and he knows and, these and he guys knows these personally, people personally. Yeah. So it's it's just a different beast. Yeah, they they get interviewed by Pete and they're like, I'm gonna do a Metal Sucks interview by the guy that doesn't uh, just try to dis, you know disrespect me and get me to answer some weird questions and stuff like that. It's like, dude, no, yeah. you're nice guy interviewer. That's what you I, are. You're nice guy interviewer. I'm only in this to promote the music and genre I love. That's, That's my only true. goal, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm not trying to make money or matter in any way. Shit. I just. I want our music to survive and love, and and yeah. and anybody that I'm a fan of, I want you guys to be a fan. You're not. Of. It's you're that not, simple. You're not like Anderson Cooper or you know or Hannity or whatever. You Sean Hannity. Yeah. We're so we're going CNN and Fox News. <laughs> boom boom. I'm just saying. Well, they're both e- they're polar both opposites. polar opposites, but evil nonetheless. I just think that when they have people on their show, they lead them down a false sense of security, and then they're like, gotcha, fuck face. In fairness to those guys, they're always dealing with venomous type of topics and venomous type of people. I'm dealing with, you know, pretty, so what, pretty nice people. But Brandon's you know? saying is you're the Oprah of metal. Yeah, oh, exactly. I, I do. You know, I think Oprah's fantastic. <laughs> I really do. I always mm. thought that that during the times of the Jerry Springers and stuff, Oprah's like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And she went the other way. So I, I appreciate that compliment. Yeah. I just think oh, Oprah God. was a, a, just a about, positive message I'm during that I'm just thinking time. about Pete's mocha-colored boobs. Oh, Brandon, don't get too cocky. You're his Stedman. So. No, You're there. totally my Stedman. Bro. I'm totally your Stedman. Totally Just my Stedman. Letting you pay the bills. <laughs> kind of. On this show. That's very true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyways, that was not a dig. Wouldn't, hey. I, be a ba- wouldn't I be Gail King? You or would be, be Stedman. Stedman. All right. Who, that that as, means I'm fucking, uh, and I, and fucking I, Oprah. And I don't have a doctor. Oh, that does mean that. Yeah, means, I'm well. Dr. Phil. All right, I'm Joss. underqualified yeah. and overpaid. Oh. This is Dr. Phil. I got a handful. A little overweight. Got a mustache. Don't Zach. worry. I married it this morning. I got a handful. Of- <laughs> don't you ever nare for us. <laughs> right. I got a handful of Pete Winfrey's hair. 
<laughs> and I'm going to town. He's been dirty. <laughs> I'll continue. We do. We segued. I'll continue we on with email. We, I haven't been here in a while. That's why. Yeah, no, we, we, yeah, we this went is way off track. Great. Pete Winfrey, go. Continuing Hank's email. Now, I'm not writing. I'm not writing to you just to be a dick. I gave you a five star review on iTunes like you always ask and wanted to ask Thank your you. cronies a question. So there you go, Jaws. We jumped on him a little early, but she, Jaws defended me. It's, it, I just we get sensitive when it comes to Vinny said they called us cronies. <laughs> Hold on yeah. a second. Whoa. Wait, we should have been defending ourselves. Exactly. I'm a person. We're fucking Tweedledee and Tweedledum. <laughs> exactly. You're Tweedledum. Oh, we, I, we are Tweedledee and Tweedledum. <laughs> Stedman and Dr. Phil cronies. Yeah, Stedman and Dr. Phil teaming up. Teaming up to battle Oprah. You see what your problem is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyways. And I'm, it, yeah, you see what you're doing. You do your, you do your uh, Dr. Phil impersonation. Go real quick. <laughs> you see what the issue here and is. And I'm going to do my Stedman impersonation. Uh, give me money. I understand why you're both loved. Yeah, I get it. Those are both fantastic things to have in your life. <laughs> So going going forward in the email. What does Hank want to know from the cronies? <laughs> we haven't done a music episode in a long time, pretty much. So now we go back and forth for a while. But the, the point is, is that he, he said, hey, who are your favorite uh, five female singers in metal? And then I came back. I'm like, dude, I'm over the female singers in metal part. If they're singing in metal, we're past that at this point. So yeah. I don't want to just do female singers because I, I, like I said, it's too specific. I don't like that. That's like to me asking me, hey, who are your favorite African American singers in metal? I'm like, dude, we're past that, right? Yes. We don't, we don't go that. We so, don't have to classify them that way. Yeah. So I go back to them. I'm like, I'm not going to do like a female singers in metal part. You know, let's 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 break the yeah. question down. And then and then because I'm a nice guy, I'm like. I answered it in the email. I said, here's my favorite five, but I'm not going to do this on the show. So we're moving forward. So I'm a little bit of a hypocrite there. Anyways, the point is, it comes back with it like... It would be interesting, though. Be like, I don't understand the whole, like, who is your favorite African-American singer in metal? It's kind of like, who listens to a singer and goes, God damn, this isn't guy that sounds the same, great. Isn't that the same... Uh, what, what's his shade? Isn't you know, that the like, same as who's your favorite female singer? In metal? Yes. They're, 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 there's growling, they're singing. They're it has nothing to do with like, their talent. We could compare Floor with Rob Halford. That, it's I, like, I, why not just put them together? I will say it's different with female female singers because you know right away if, if it's a female singer you i never yeah. knew stedman was so misogynistic well you did him i did <laughs> yeah that's right yeah you did i'm kidding mm. anyway so i didn't want to do that i moved on i'm like eh, we're not gonna do that dirty but, winfrey and he came back and he told me he's like i'm a singer and i'm hoping to get into the scene and he studied all the greats but was wondering what metal vocalist do i think is extremely underrated i said okay now we can talk right now we can go so i came back and i'm like these are the guys i think are totally underrated you know that i think have changed the game and then he's like well he came back with me a little bit stronger and he says well you can't include include people if you haven't seen them live you can't just say they're great oh. on record and i go you know what that's fair and then i came back with him uh this week on the show i'm gonna do a music episode of five or six singers that i have seen live that i think are fantastic that are underrated in the metal game now the setup was long but we all understand what's going on here right yes these are the singers. I'm going to play a song by singers that I think are extremely underrated, right? That don't get the credit they deserve in the heavy metal scene, okay? And because I don't know what kind of singing he does, I didn't inquire. He could be a screamer. He could be a, a guttural Jacob Bannon from Converge type of guy, or he could be a Rob Halford from Judas. I don't know. So I'm just going to put in some screamers and some singers that are extremely underrated that I think have voices that I've seen live that have fucking put goosebumps on my skin, all right? The first singer, I want to put a light on, okay? 
You get a light, and you get a light. And you get a light <laughs> that I hope you guys have checked out. <laughs> <laughs> Music episodes are fun. Sorry, that's so dumb, but it's so funny. <laughs> Over my head. Over my Over head. your head? You yeah. don't know Oprah when you hear it? Oprah, that's what she does when she gives away shit. Oh, she goes, you shit. get this, and you, you get, get a car. This. You yeah, get exactly. a car. <laughs> oh, boy. Everybody didn't know. Exactly. And you get a misreference. Okay. Listen. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> and Pete's not in on the joke. Exactly. And Pete's, Pete's not, not in on the, the joke. joke. Yeah, exactly. Every time I'm pointing, when I say Pete's not in on the joke, I'm pointing at Jocelyn. I'm, just, I, I'm not even pointing at Pete. I'm just... <laughs> The singer is Cobra Page from Cobra in the Lotus, guys. I think that she's got one of the best voices I've ever heard live. It's it's completely floored me a few times. And she she's in the vein of like, I think people that are a little more famous. We, we brought up Floor Jansen from Nightwish, obviously, revamp those bands. Mike Patton, Greg from Dillinger. These voices that just hit notes that are very high, but also like there's, there's just a lot of personality through the whole voice. I think her voice is fantastic. I'm going to play a song off one of their records. This is off Prevail One from 2017. This song is called Gotham.
the Metal Sucks Podcast. Guys, the song you just heard is from the a screamer this time, right? Real personalized. I think it, I think if you're going to go the route of hardcore death metal or, you know, 
I don't know, even metalcore where you're going to just scream or, or deathcore, you have to not sound like everyone else. You have to have this distinct personality to your voice. And that's Grady Avenel from Will Haven. That song is called Carpe Diem off their 2001 record, Carpe Diem. That's a title track. And I think guys like Tomas Lindbergh from At The Gates has that. I think Kirk Winstein from Crowbar. Phil Anselmo has that to me, where it's just you hear there's a certain personality to it, and it's just going all the way through. And I think Grady does it like no other. It's Anytime, unique. It doesn't sound like an impression. And I've seen I've seen Will Haven live, luckily, a few times because I'm on the West Coast. So I've traveled to see because they don't tour a lot. The first time I saw him was like 97 or 98 with Soulfly. And I was like, this guy, what is coming out of his mouth? And sure enough, dude, it's been, uh, it's been a, a love affair with uh, Will Haven ever since. The next gentleman in this case that I think doesn't get enough credit is going to be leaning more towards the metalcore scene. The, the, the high scream, you know, you know, the, the, the growl and then the singing pretty voice, the Jesse leeches, the Howard Jones are famous. Yeah. We all know those guys speed strid from soy work. He nails it. Burton C bell, I think was the innovator of that. Okay. I think this guy does it real well and doesn't get that same credit. I, I mean, I, I think I listened to this band, simply because of the way he sings. And that is Nathan Gray from Boy Sets Fire and I Am Heresy. This song's off the record While a Nation Sleeps, which came out in 2013. This is Until Nothing Remains. We have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls. Has barricaded the world with hate. We think too much and feel too little. Nothing remains 
machinery. We need humanity. All right, guys, we are back. Hank, I'm so, I hope you're learning something, Hank. Yeah, Hank. I hope you're learning something. Hope you and your cronies are learning something. Yeah, <laughs> Hank. <laughs> Hank, what your problem is. Yeah. By the way, anybody else Hank, that wants me to, money. to write us, it's, it's rise to offend at gmail.com if you guys don't know that. And then you can, you, well, I'll go back and forth with you. Doesn't mean I'll put you on the show, but I love going back and forth with you guys. But with that, Hank, let's learn something for reals. Let's jump into the highlight of the show, my interview right now with Nita Strauss. about the homeschooling and mm. uh i man i adore it i ain't gonna lie <laughs> i feel like i would love it someday i like i feel like i would love it so much to to be in that moment when it clicks for like like i said my son's four and a half so even mm-hmm. he's writing his abcs and i'm like hey can you just write you know capital a lowercase a and i know this is kind of off topic but you know no i'm really i love this stuff it, dude, i'm telling you when he does a lowercase a he goes circle tail i didn't even uh-huh. t- I, I didn't even tell him that he just it is by came out with that so every time he does it he's, yeah. he's like triangle line circle tail and i'm just sitting there and i'm like this is what, he's a genius this is this is yeah everybody thinks that i, I totally think that you know but um mm. this is what teachers get you know this is why they go into mm. this profession um, which does segue into what we're going to talk about here uh in a little Love bit it. but um the rock guitar fundamentals I want everybody out there. By the way, Nita Strauss back on the show, guys. Um, I Sorry, w- we started that totally off topic. It, it happens. <laughs> it happens. It's 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 always it's always good. Conversation is what they're here for. That's what I'm assuming. If you guys saw the picture of the kid, you would understand why I felt it necessary to comment. How cute. Yes, yes, that's very true. <laughs> that's very true. And it, and I picked that picture specifically because of how cute he was in that picture. Um, it works. It's it, working. It worked well. And um, so everybody, just so you guys know, Rock Guitar Fundamentals, I want to play guitar.com is where you go. Now, um, Nita, let's discuss this because I, like we just talked about teaching and homeschooling and how much fun it was for me. How fun was it for you to put this together at this time? I loved it. Um, this is something we've been talking about doing for a while. We actually finished filming it in 2019. This has been on the burner for a while. And it just wasn't really the priority. I'm working on my second album. Uh, I had a full year of touring booked with Alice Cooper. And so it was something that we were just going to get to when there was time. There was a lot of, obviously, a lot of editing and, you know, tabbing out of things and uh, a lot of work that goes into the course that I wasn't planning on doing until maybe the fall after I finished the album. But now with everything going on in the world, with everybody frustrated and stuck at home, um, you know, my boyfriend Josh and I just looked at each other and we thought, we got to get this thing out now so people have something to do and something to occupy their time during the quarantine absolutely and this is a great thing for sure because like you said learning something new this is what i think most people should try to do right now during the quarantine and and the three modules that you have even if you've never picked up a guitar you can learn right away and you did set it up that way purposely correct exactly uh i thought you know i was looking at everything else that was out there and at first i had thought to sort of start with the intermediate to advanced players, because that's sort of where I'm at in my playing. <laughs> but I, um, the more I looked at the materials that were available currently, I thought a lot of this doesn't really, would still be confusing to somebody that's never picked up a guitar before. So I'm talking about the lifetime music fan, the lifelong music fan that has you know gone to concerts and enjoyed music and supported artists, but just with one of the people saying, man, I'd love to learn an instrument, I just never picked one up. And so I wanted to start module one out for those people. And literally the first lesson is this is a guitar. 
and goes through, these are the strings, this is the pickups, this is the body, this is the neck. So someday when those people are on their own guitar journey and they hear, you know, someone say, well, this is a guitar without a tone knob, they'll know what that means. They'll have that vocabulary and just try to make it as well-rounded as I possibly can. And that's so important, I think, uh, personally. I think so, too. Whenever I, I'm trying to say, I had to switch out a toilet in my house, and I, and I picked like a YouTube video to switch out a toilet. And he mm-hmm. skipped like 15 steps and just like, pick up the toilet. Well, wait, 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 wait. You know? How do you pick up the toilet? <laughs> and as, as, as basic as that sounds, I was like, wait, yeah, but there's, there's like screws and stuff. Just take them off. Like, totally. I need every step in order for me not to think I'm going to flood my house. You know, so. Absolutely. And I learned from instructional videos. You know, I'm, I'm a millennial. I'm the token millennial of the Alice Cooper band. And I learned from watching John Petrucci Rock Discipline and Evie Malmsteen play loud and Marty Freeman melodic control. And I skipped so much knowledge that I wish that I had had later in my life because I just tried to jump ahead and go straight to the shred stuff. So, you know, while my course does have super extensive lessons on theory and shred techniques, tapping, sweep arpeggios, legato, modes, all that kind of stuff, I want people picking up the guitar for the first time to start with a good backbone, a good foundation. Nice. Now, have you ever, just out of curiosity, have you ever uh, did guitar lessons in person with people um, in, in the past or no? When I was in high school, I did. Mm. Um, when I was, when I was in, had really had no business to be teaching anybody because I wasn't that good myself. <laughs> I did do it. But my mom is a teacher by profession. She's been a teacher all my life. My dad is not a teacher by trade, but he's a teacher at heart. You know, there's people like that that are just full of knowledge and always teaching you things. Um, so I feel like I have that background just from my own upbringing and I have now done hundreds and hundreds of clinics in more countries than I even know. So I feel like I've experienced the teacher student relationship in so many different ways, you know, in different countries when there's a language barrier, when, you know, I've had kids in my clinics that were six years old and I've had adults in my clinics that were 60, 70 years old. So I feel like I have a good grasp on what the student needs in this day and age. Nice. Yeah, that, that's excellent. Um, I got So with that, did you ever have, like, because you just said your mom's a teacher, so I'm sure that that relationship is really one of the most, uh, as far as learning goes, one of the, one of the strongest that you're going to have. But did you ever have a teacher that really, really left an impression on you that you want to give a shout out to? I have had a few teachers that have left a huge impression on me. And actually, I had one guitar teacher, uh, a lot of people know the story, but I didn't take my first guitar lesson until I joined the Alice Cooper Band. Um, And I had gotten a critique uh, during my audition process, a very strong critique that I was too much of a shred player and not enough of a rock player. So I needed to learn how to dial that back. And I had, so like as soon as I got that note and I knew that I had the gig, I was like, all right, I better better get some instruction here and figure out where I'm lacking and what I'm not doing. So I had a guitar teacher named Bill LaFleur, who was one of the, main teachers at GIT, Musicians Institute, for many years. And that was the person that sort of opened the door to me to the rock stuff, the pentatonics, the, you know, the adding notes to the, the minor pentatonic that I would have just never thought about before because I don't hear Yngwie doing that, you know? So that's uh, that was a huge, huge point in my career. And I think it says a lot about a good teacher that they can still bring new tricks out of somebody. I mean, at that point, I had been a professional guitar player for like, 13, 14 years touring, you know, played all around the world. And I still had a lot to learn. 
Dude, that's excellent. Yeah. That, that's, and that is so important is that we as humans have to always be willing to listen and we will get something out of a, um, a lesson, you know, as long as we don't come in, if we come with the right attitude. I think that's such a vital thing. Um, Absolutely. You have to be an eternal student. You're always learning. Abs- yes, exactly. Exactly. Now, we did bring up um, the, you do have the second solo record that you're working on, but let's go back to Controlled Chaos. It came out about a year and a half ago, not, not a long time ago. Great, mm-hmm. great. To me, I thought it was a fantastic success. Great response. The tours were great, everything like that. Um, do you feel like after doing maybe these lessons that there's something that you learned here that you want to put into that record? The I second think so, record. definitely. The second record. Yeah, yeah I think, uh, you know, Controlled Chaos was a really selfish record, if that makes sense. Like, it was just, I had all this pent up angst of playing other people's songs my whole career, which is great. Like, I'm a thousand percent not complaining about the career that I've had. I love playing Alice Cooper songs. I love playing Iron Maiden songs. But, you know, so many years of my life spent as a session guitar player, I had this, like, explosion of, like, I have to do my own thing, and I can't let anybody tell me what to do with it. Um, So now that I've gotten that out of the way, I feel a little less, I mean, I still feel that, that need to create and do something on my own, but I don't feel like I need to do it you know, without any external opinion, like I wouldn't for control chaos. I had no producer. I had no engineer. I engineered the whole record myself. I didn't ask for any external out- input, even on like guitar tones or anything like that. Um, so I feel like this time I can relax the reins a little bit and I can listen to some advice from professionals, whether it's someone helping me produce or somebody, um, I'm still recording all my guitars myself, but maybe bring an engineering to do the drums. That's something that I struggled with a lot, engineering drums, because I had never done it before. So I feel like that's sort of the way that I've grown up in this process. But wasn't it really important, like, just to, to say, to do everything yourself with all that? Like you said, it was a selfish record, but wasn't that important to yourself to prove to yourself, hey, I can do this all myself? Uh, the first Hugely important. Yeah. Exactly. You know, everyone's, you know, so many people said, well, you know, are you going to get Alice to play on your record? Or, you know, you know, Steve Vai, your hero, you're going to get him to play on your, ask him to play on your record. And while I feel like I could have made that kind of call at the time, I just wanted so badly to stand on my own two feet with this record and not have anyone say, well, yeah, of course she sold some records because she had Alice Cooper on it because she's in his band. Like, I really wanted to just make sure that for at least for the first go around, it just stood on its own, on its own merits. Congrats. It, it truly did. Yeah, it was, it was excellent. But that's the mindset that I Thank think you. really works out. And on the record during the tours, uh, fantastic tours, you did a couple legs, uh, obviously. And then uh, there were meet and greets on those tours that were really great for us fans. Uh, obviously, the future, that might be uh, a little bit of an issue. Now, do you think those are vital, though, for our, our uh, live uh, industry? for rock and heavy metal? I do think so, yes. And I think there's a way to do it, you know, while still being responsible if we're, you know, when touring starts up, Mm -hmm. if we're still needing to be socially distant and be responsible. It might be kind of tough to take a picture and put our arm around each other. But, you know, in my meet and greets on my solo tours, it's really like a big group hang, like a Q&A. So, you know, I'll be sort of in the middle of a semicircle or if there's a lot of people, like I'll be on stage and people will be uh, on the floor where the, the... the concert happens where they'd be standing and we just hang out you know it's it's by show of hands i take questions for the whole hour and then we do quick photo and autograph afterward for everybody so i think that that kind of format is so valuable for fans that you know they just want to get that experience of of hanging out and chatting about music when asking whatever they want to know about and not being rushed 
I think um, the main gripe for me about being most meet and greets is you're just kind of brought through and you don't really get to interact. You don't get to ask a question or be in that person's presence for very long. It's just like, okay, here's your thing. Here's your autograph. Take your picture. Get out. So to have that like 45 minutes at the beginning of hanging out and if someone wants to say, hey, what was your first guitar or what's your favorite shape of pasta or whatever they always wanted to ask, they can ask it there. Yeah, no, I think I'm, I'm like I said, I'm greedy now because I've done so many of the meet and greets. I'm like this. It makes the show so much more memorable. But then you have that picture. Usually, you know, you have that picture, mm-hmm. you know, just with the band. And I'm like, I don't ever want that to change. I think that I've gotten to that point where I'm like, if, if this is an option, you know, that's great. You know? Yeah. Um, and also what what a lot of people don't realize. Um, and I can definitely say for myself and I know for hundreds and hundreds of other tours out there, like it might not seem like much. And people I know are always saying, you know, that bands should just meet fans for free. And, and I agree with that too. And I actually do go out to merch and meet people for free every single show. Even when I do the meet and greet before the show, I still go out to merch for free and hang and talk and sign autographs and take pictures, but they don't get that Q and a one-on-one experience. That's like, that's a rush. But, um, people don't realize how much that helps the tour, like the lifeblood of the tour. Touring is so incredibly expensive and to have, you know, my meet and greets are 50 bucks. If I have 10 people, you know, to have that extra few hundred bucks a night is the difference sometimes between keeping the tour going and not because you have to pay your crew, you have to rent your vehicle, you have to, you know, feed everybody and, you know, pay, in my case, pay your band members because I'm a solo artist. I'm a band of one. So, you know, I've got four band members to pay and the whole crew and the rental of the van or the bus or the bandwagon and the gas for the vehicle and, you know, all these different, the tolls, if you're going in and out of New York, like all the different things you don't realize add up so much about touring that the meet and greet really can be the difference between the tour being able to continue or not. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize that everybody, like, like a lot of bands, unfortunately, that had a cancel tour, they, you have to get your merch ready in advance. You're always entering the tour in the red. And then, oh, you enter the tour and in so much of the red, yeah. people don't realize, you know, you have to hire these buses, a tour bus, like a regular tour bus, not one that is, you know, has a shower and a jacuzzi and a, a bedroom in the back. Just your normal, regular, run-of-the-mill tour bus with a driver costs about $1,000 a day. So, a day. Yes, <laughs> like, I, <laughs> like, like, I just feel like I should drive that point home. And, you know, if, if you're in a van, which, you know, people go, oh, a tour bus is so expensive, then you should tour in a van. Uh, if you're in a van, then you're looking at getting hotel rooms for people to shower and stuff in, you know, I, I take good care of my guys. So you have to make sure that people are getting a shower, getting a bed to sleep in, you know, getting, making it a comfortable, somewhat comfortable touring experience. So it, it almost adds up to as much. There are, there are definitely cheaper ways to do it, to do a DIY tour. Um, you know, the company bandwagon is really a lifesaver because a bandwagon is $385 a day plus 50 for the trailer because everybody needs a trailer because you have to carry your gear. Um, but even, you know, even $385, $400 a day is super expensive mm-hmm. <laughs> for a band, bands that are making, you know, $500 a show, $1,000 a show. It's, it's tough. So people that buy meet and greets, they may or may not realize that that extra 50 bucks or, you know, extra 100 bucks goes a very, very long way towards the, the continuation of the tour. Absolutely. And uh, if, when we're talking about touring America and, and other places of the world, obviously, there, there are 
main shows that uh, I hope fans know this. There's main stops that mm-hmm. are vital for a band to hit on a Friday or Saturday night. Let it be Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, for them to make up all the money for the tour. At a time Absolutely. like at, the, at a time like this, when those are probably the states that are going to open maybe last when we're doing the quarantine, a tour wouldn't be feasible for almost any band to go out in the middle grounds of the states. Do you agree with that or no? It's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Um, you you have to, and it's it, that's also the reason why you know. Here's a newsflash: nobody hates Boise. Everybody likes Boise. It's just kind of far out of the way. It's not a big market. Promoters aren't able to pay a lot of money, and it could be anything. You substitute any city for Boise. Um, but you know, people go, "Why don't you come to my city?" You know, I I live in Colorado Springs, and I don't want to drive an hour to Denver for the show. And you know. It's, it's that part that people don't understand. It has nothing to do with the band not wanting to come there. I want to go everywhere. I'll go to every small town in every state in every country in the entire world. But if, it's, if I'm paying my band to play there, you know, I pay my, my band by the week. I pay for my, my bandwagon rental, the gas, the equipment, the food for everybody, you know, all this kind of stuff. There has to be a venue there that is willing to make up at least enough of that to get us there and then get us on to the next place. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's, and that's the crazy part about the whole planning is that it is, it is a big picture thing. And, and a lot of people personalize tours. Like I'm I'm in Las Vegas and I know on the map, we're not exactly the easiest venue to hit, you know, a lot of times. And then, I know my city. I, I go to all the concerts. Sometimes I'm really proud of us, and sometimes we let, let people down. And then I'm like, oh, it's because we have a fight going on or whatever millions of things that go on here. So sure. you, you can't, L.A. too. Yeah, L.A. too. Exactly. You're right. And, and so – but maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong because, like I said, I'm not a native of L.A., but you guys are pretty – every time I drive to L.A. to see a show from a band that flew in from Europe, it's packed. It's sold out where I've been to shows out here in Vegas, and there's like 12 – 15, 20 people there, and the band came from, like, you know, Norway or somewhere. So L.A.'s pretty good about that. Do you, do you disagree or no? There's a good scene here. Yeah. It, it really is. A, it's not like that 80s scene, you know, where, mm. you know, uh, people that aren't from here sometimes have this impression. I get asked at least once a week on my social media or in my Patreon, you know, should I move to L.A. to pursue music? And I always say it's not how it used to be. Like, you're not going to get off the Greyhound and, you know, see a bunch of people with guitars waiting to start bands. Yeah. It's not that anymore, but there definitely is a really good scene, you know, especially like you said, you see European bands here and stuff, and a lot of times there's a really good draw. It's just a crowd that you have to impress, because there's so much going on in L.A., same thing with New York, you know, same thing with, not really with Dallas, Texas is always really enthusiastic, but a lot of these major cities, L.A. especially, you have to give people a reason to not be on their phone, (laughs) because... If the show's not good, if you're not performing your ass off, blood, sweat, and tears on the stage, leaving everything you have, they'll just go scroll through their Instagram and do some Pinterest shopping. Such a truth, what you just said right there. And that's <laughs> music is one of the most resilient industries, though. And, I, and that's why I'm, just, I'm a positive guy all the time. But, I mean, we can't live without music. And totally. I don't like the fact that it, it. I do see it, and I don't want to be like a grumpy old guy over there, but I, I do see people not respecting it like I was taught to. But um, people can never forget, like, when file sharing happened, how everything adapted and people survived. It took a couple years. Mm-hmm. And I've seen articles where musicians feel like this situation we're in might be just as dramatic to the industry. Do you feel that's true? Because I don't think it will be, personally. But what do you think? Because touring, I don't is so know. Vital. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it'll be as dramatic as like Napster or something mm-hmm. like that. 
I do think it's making everybody take a hard look at what other avenues they can do to make, you know, make a living as an artist. Um, you really kind of do find out who, I don't want to see who the real fans are because there are obviously plenty of real fans that can't afford to do something to support the artists. But there's also a lot of people out there, you know, I've seen on social media or I see, I have a, a Patreon page where I do weekly live streams and, you know, we're actually going through the Alice Cooper set list song, one song at a time. So I'm teaching them every song from the set list and how I play it one song at a time. So finding creative stuff like that to do to occupy your time and letting fans that are able to financially support, support if you can, I think that's a really important thing. You know, people that have said, Hey, I just got my refund for the concert that got canceled. So I decided to join the Patreon, you know, for a few months to support you. Or, you know, I just got my refund for the concert that canceled. So I went and bought a t-shirt on a band I likes website. You know, things like that go a really, really long way. And it's, I think it's important for the bands and artists to appreciate that as well too, because it's, it's a big thing for someone to open up their wallet and support you. Dude. Music fans, you're the best. They really are. They're the, the best. They're, they're the best. Um, they'll do everything. I mean, I've been in that. I'm in the boat right now where I'm just trying to do any local business. I'm spending way too much money on food, but any local business, I'm just trying to get takeout from them. That's not like a chain. Mm-hmm. And it's just like yeah. there's a part of you that's just like you're, you're doing this for a reason beyond. You know, you don't want yeah. everything to be a McDonald's out there. You don't want that to happen during this time. And But that's something that I think is, is such a, a testament to to what you know you do and all the bands do out there my big fear and i don't want to get negative but my big fear is always in times like this that um when when there's more quantity over quality because you're there's a lot of compromise with some bands that have to do things i feel Mm -hmm. that that can hurt them in the long run so it might be better to be silent but that's almost impossible because they need revenue coming in correct yeah i think you just have to be smart about it you know don't do something cheap don't do something not thought out uh, and, and do something that creates that creates value for your fans. You know, like, uh, for example, for the guitar course, um, the whole course itself is ninety nine dollars. And for, you know, six hours of, of material and uh, downloadable backing tracks to practice with and tabs and notation and guitar profiles and, you know, the amount of material that you would spend thousands of dollars on a private instructor learning I felt like $100 was a pretty fair price for it. My co-host, Brandon, he's learning guitar right now, and uh, he's going he's gonna to get a gift from me. So he's ho- Love that. Hopefully he can teach, because he's, he's doing the punk rock chords, but he needs more. He needs more. Yes. <laughs> right. there's, a, there's a big wide world out there. There's a big wide yeah, world, and those three chords that he keeps playing. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, I got to tell you, I did read an article that I thought was interesting. Now, um, this is maybe a couple weeks back, but there's a... People are doing drive-in concerts in other countries where, and I don't know if this will work for rock and metal, to be honest with you, and this wasn't, this was kind of mm-hmm. like a folk act, but where cars kind of drive in, like a drive-in theater, and, and people are playing. Would that be something that y- you would be into, or would that be just too hard to connect to a crowd? I will just, play, yeah. yeah, I'll play in front of any audience that wants to watch. I don't care if they're in their cars. I don't care if they're standing six feet apart from each other. I don't care if they're like in a sweaty Ozfest mosh pit. Like I'm, or if they're on the other side of a Skype cam or, you know, webcasts, I just like playing guitar for people. So for me, like while you would miss that one-on-one connection, if that would be the only way to do it, I guess that makes sense. But uh, I don't know. You're right. I don't know if it would really be feasible for rock fans and you could just sit in your car in your driveway for free and listen to the album. (laughs) 
Yeah, and it, exactly. I don't know how speakers go through like with your window rolled down, but uh, it was an interesting idea because it's like you know how there's like ideas that people never think about, and you're like, well, nobody sure. thought of this before. And then in my mind, I'm like, hmm, if there was a, if there was a market for it, that would be kind of cool. So it was just one of those things where I was thinking about. But then I yeah. Thought, I thought rock fans and, and people with horns. You know some drunk guy's going to be honking his horn the whole time. Oh, God. <laughs> Think of that. And then everybody, like, if, if everybody had a convertible, maybe, but, you yeah. know, if you're all, if everyone's in there and they're Honda Civic and it's just, like, you know, trying to see. You ever go on the freeway and the freeway stopped and there's an accident and you're trying to see ahead of, like, 15 other cars to see what's going on up there? I feel like that would be what watching the concert would be like. Yes, that's ex- I, I, we've all done that. You know what's crazy is that I've actually tried not to look and just go by, and then without even thinking, my head just turns like, "Why'd you do that, man?" You know? No, you have to look. It's like you it's, have to see it, right? Yeah, it's don't fault yourself for that. That's human nature. I think you're right. I think the curiosity will always will always get you. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I did like to to talk about in quarantine because I've been doing a lot of exercising, and I know that you are into fitness and all those things. I told oh, yeah. people a while back I bought a jump rope and because I haven't jump roped in like 10 years and this is like the greatest thing ever now. I'm, I'm really good at it uh, now. Nice. <laughs> right? It was so hard to get into jump rope. Yeah. And just so you know, I don't know if it's something that you do on the regular, but um, what exercises do you think during this quarantine time uh, are really, really good for people that can just do something to – because I don't know about you, but I can't sit in front of the TV for too long. I get antsy. I got to do something. Me too. I'm, I'm, it's Absolutely. Just, it's just, I've always been that way. So now it's really hard when people are like, I can binge four shows in a row. I'm like, I can't, I can watch two hours and I got to do something, you know? So, um, yeah. What exercises do you, have you found during this time that you're like, these are amazing. So I have a set of power block dumbbells mm. at home, which I love. Uh, I take those on the road too. And those are awesome. And, uh, I have a TRX here. We installed like a hook for the TRX on the patio of our little place um, and actually I do, uh, I have a body shred, a workout program called body shred and the workout that I programmed that I designed myself for the people doing the body shred program is designed to be done at home or in a gym. So we've been set up for this. Like we have, uh, we just ended my last body shred challenge, um, the winter 2021. Um, and we had 700 people in change that already had a home workout built in that they had been used to doing for two months for the quarantine. So that was that was a really uh, seamless transition for us, and you can really like with a set of adjustable dumbbells and a TRX, you can have an insane workout. I also just got into uh, the BFR bands, the blood flow restriction bands. Uh, you can put those around like for me, I like to do a lot of leg workouts, so I put them around the top of my legs, like right under your butt, and that really um, it restricts the blood flow to that part of your body, so you get a much better workout with less weight. And that's been a super game changer for the home workout for me too. Wow, that that's completely killed my jump rope right there. That was that's good. What was the, <laughs> the, the blood restricting? I don't know about this one. This is sounds good though. Oh, you got to look it up. Yeah, yeah, it's called a BFR band, blood flow restriction. Obviously, you don't want to leave it on for like a long time. It's yeah. not good for you. You don't want to tie it so tight that you you lose circulation or anything. Like I'm not I'm not a doctor, but don't don't have to get your limb amputated because of this podcast or anything. <laughs> but um. But it's, uh, you know, you can put it on your bicep, you can put it on your forearms, um, you can put it with your calves. Like, basically, um, you obviously it won't work for, like, a big body part, like your chest or your back, but um, I'm a, a big proponent of it, uh, especially if there are girls listening for leg workouts, for your glute workouts. It's it's a killer. Oh, dude, excellent. So, guys, make note, because this is important. I love... 
it's so important to get out there, work out, do some stuff during this time because if you're like yes. me, it it mentally you'll just get depressed. Luckily, like I Absolutely. said, I've got the kids to uh, they show me how to live every day. I'm like, oh, this is, man, I, they, mm-hmm. don't, they don't even know what's going on. I'm like, this is this is what it's all about. So I I am very lucky with that uh, for sure. So just to go full circle before I let you go. Everybody, one more time, Rock Guitar Fundamentals, IWantToPlayGuitar.com. Guys, make sure you're going and checking this out. Fantastic three-module course. As she just mentioned, the price is $99. By the way, I just want to pat myself on the back. Isn't IWantToPlayGuitar.com the best URL ever? I, I double-checked it. I went. I'm like, there's no way she got that. <laughs> yeah, I want to play guitar.com. Boom. Nope. I almost changed the name of the whole course, but it's just, you know, we were already too far gone at that point. But Such I feel very good about that URL. Yes, that's perfect. I, I can't believe nobody had that before. That's I, way to go. I, I, yeah, I, you know what? To me, that was a sign that I was, that I was doing it at the right time. Eh. It really was. It, Exactly. And those signs are what life's all about. And so the last question I did want to ask you is that we just talked about the follow-up to Controlled Chaos. Give us a status on that. Do you have a release time frame in your mind, even though that we're kind of paused right now? Um, it's really just going to depend on when studios open up. I can do all the guitars and the keys and bass at my house, but you know we're, we're going to do, obviously, the drums in a real studio. And I actually am going to have um, a guest vocalist or two on this album as well. So uh, I'm not singing. Nobody panic. It's still going to sound good. <laughs> but I'm going to have a couple, uh, at least one, maybe one or two or maybe three guest vocalists on this album. And I'd really like to be there when they're recording. Um, so we'll have to see, you know, we'll have to see if we're able to do that. If studios are going to be able to open up. If not, they'll be able to record from a distance. But uh, we are definitely looking at a 2020 release. It's just going to really depend on when we can get into a studio and work to get the finishing touches done. Absolutely. Exciting, exciting. Now, let me ask you this. Are you going to write the lyrics or are you going to have the guest vocalist write the lyrics? Um, I think it's important that they write it. Oh, um, okay. I might have I might have some input, but uh, I think if I give them like, hey, hey, here's what I wrote this song about and they put their spin on it, kind of the same way that I do when I do a guest solo you know, no one, they don't usually write it for me. Every once in a while, it's like, they'll give me a MIDI track to follow and say, this is what I want you to play. Play it in your own style. But uh, for the most part, when I do a guest appearance, it's just like, hey, here's here's the vibe, do your thing. So that's what I want to do with these singers as well. Perfect. So with that, once again, guys, I want to play guitar.com. Make sure you guys are checking that out. Support Nita in every way you possibly can. We mentioned the Patreon, all those things during this time truly an honor always to have you on the show Nita so I want to thank you so much for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Thank you so much Peter. I I really enjoyed our last interview for Control Cast and I enjoyed this one so much too. So enjoy that time with those little ones before it gets all crazy again.
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
All right, guys, and we are back. First song you heard is off Nita Strauss's debut solo record. Came out a little while ago. That is Controlled Chaos. That song is our most desperate hour. Make sure if you guys haven't picked up that record yet, you do. It's fantastic. And one more time, I want to promote, guys, I want to play guitar.com. If you're in quarantine right now and you're picking up a guitar and you've never done it, guys, check it out. Rock Guitar Fundamentals. I want to play guitar.com. $99. It's so worth your time. It's a fantastic course. So make sure you guys are checking that out. The second song you heard is off to me, the thrash metal singer that uh, I've seen live many times and every time just blows everybody else out of the water. That's Mark Asogueda from Death Angel. That track was lost off their 2016 record, The Evil Divide. That record, The Evil Divide, uh, was one of their best records they ever put out. But that guy's voice, uh, to me, you can go with my favorite vocalist of all time, and I think Brandon's is John Bush from Armored Saint yep. Anthrax. I think he's not underrated. Brandon thinks he is. I, I think, think he's underrated. I think everybody knows who John Bush is, but maybe I'm wrong. I just think the only reason why I think he's underrated is because people still pretend like Belladonna's the better singer. I'm like, no. He was never the better singer, but he was on the better He was on the better records. That that made them popular, but even though I think a lot of People those John Bush better records, with popular, yeah, yeah, I just think those John Bush records, those Anthrax records, and, and Armored State records were are just timeless because of him. Joey Belladonna is phenomenal, though. Chuck Billy, Joey ben- Belladonna, probably two of the best uh, thrash metal singers of that era. Obviously, all right. The next singer we're going to talk about, and that is actually Nita Strauss was in a band with her. That's Jill Janis, the late Jill Janis from Huntress. The song that we're going to play right now, for me, like when you have guys like Rob Halford, Bruce Dickinson, Sebastian Bach, they have this voice that it kind of comes out of nowhere, and it it gives you the goosebumps all the way through, and you're like, man, they're hitting these high notes, but it's got like a, a, a personality and like almost like a, I don't know, like it's, it's like there's a, uh, an anger in it all. There's a life behind you it. You know, and it's really unique. Like, nobody can sing like this person. And I think that very much, because I've seen Huntress live a few times before her passing, and, and Jill Janice was definitely up there. So we definitely want to put her on the list. If you guys haven't checked it out, this is a song off Starbound Beast from 2013. This one is Blood Sisters. <laughs>
Metal Sucks Podcast. And the last song and vocalist, Hank, we gave to you. Daniel Wyant from Zayo. American Sheets on the Deathbeds, a track that is off the Fear is What Keeps Us Here record. Like Randy Bly, like Nurgle from Behemoth or Jacob Bannon from Converge, who I don't think he gets the credit for the ferociousness that comes out of his mouth when he sings. If you guys have ever seen Zayo live, it's like a next level because it's distinct, but you can also understand what he's saying live. Uh, Zayo is definitely one of those bands that have influenced heavy music, I think, in America more than most bands. But I think vocally, this is a guy that you have to look at as like, all right, you can teach a thing or two about what you're supposed to do when you're going to growl, when you're going to really show that depth of like anger, whatever, dude. It was fantastic. So make sure you guys are checking out Zayo. With that, 
That's my list. There's your music episode. Those are six underrated vocalists that I've seen live that have given me the goosebumps. I know there's a longer list for everybody, but this was specific because I saw them live, you know, and I know there's people that obviously there's a lot of people out in Europe and stuff like that that I, I never saw live that I can't I can't put on my list. But dude, I really think they're underrated. I think you should definitely take the time to learn from them. And with that, I want to thank everybody before we, we sign off. Oh, real quick before we sign off. Do you guys want to do next week? What is the single worst song you ever heard in your yes. life? Yes. Yeah. And you guys, we're going to play non-rock metal songs on the show then. Yeah, we're going to play an indigo we're, girl we're, song. No, and it's, we're not, play... it's not an indigo. It's it's like Lilith Fair. Yeah, it's 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 You have to come with Lilith a specific Fair, song though. I have the song. One song. I know the song. Okay. It's it's just it's just I don't I can't say it's like okay, look, look this way. Melissa Etheridge would be hardcore compared to this song. You know what I mean? Okay. And it's like, but it's like along those lines. It's just stupid cheese dick music. Now it makes me angry. Are we going to bash these things or just play them? Let them be. I think well, we should if, bash them. Well, first off, <laughs> you guys are bad. I don't want to bash. If we're going to say it's songs that we hate the most. It's more fun to bash. That's yeah. all we got to say. Well, we'll talk about this, but uh, Pete, it's unhealthy to hold these feelings. You, you guys send Pete, us give me money. <laughs> you guys rise to offend at gmail.com. Send me what you think is the worst song you've ever heard in your life. And uh, we, we might like check it out ourselves i might i might just have a playlist of worst songs ever in my life. <laughs> and we're not gonna it's not gonna be playing the whole thing it's just i just want to play the chorus of the song because even the chorus just makes me mad see that it. no 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 we'll talk about that but if we're gonna say it's the worst you're playing you're they're gonna suffer from minute one to minute no. five yes. No. yes they yes. are yes no. they are yes then you do you want people to not listen to us <laughs> do you want everybody to jump ship to Bro, josta i don't think <laughs> no 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 first off you guys should be listening to josta and us like yes. hank okay because uh second off I just asked the direct question if we're going to play the songs in their entirety, and you said yes. I don't. Th- I don't remember hearing that. that I remember. I said what a Stedman this. thing to do. Yeah, way to right. go, Stedman. Come take my money. <laughs> yeah, look, are you paying me money? Then we'll do it. All right. I just gave you money. Okay. Well, <laughs> I just gave. I both literally money. have about, money under I, my phone. She has right? money under her phone. I just <laughs> gave. What <her>. about <laughs> next week? <laughs> next week. Where's that money coming from? Okay. I want you to buy me a gold plated. Stedman needs to get his nails done. Yeah, I exactly. just paid you for this episode. <laughs> buy me a jet ski. <laughs> I'm down. I will come with a horrible song. Trust me. Right. Anyway, so we'll we're, we're the discussion will go further. We don't know if we're doing it yet, but we'll, we'll figure it out, guys. I want to thank everybody, Hank, especially for the five star review on iTunes. That's all we ask for, dude. You're the best. Don't write a review. Just go to iTunes, click five stars, move on. We appreciate it. We bro. appreciate it. Thank dude. you. We really do. And uh, like I said, write me anytime, dude. We'll go back and forth. If you guys want us to do music episodes, I want you to be specific. I don't want you to say, hey, what's the greatest live record of all time? I got that, and I'm not talking shit about that, but the point is, like, give me a live. What's the greatest live albums from 2010 to 2020? Make it hard for me, so I have to be like, all right, let me get in there. And yeah. remember, Pete has a catalog in his brain of thousands of bands you've never heard Absolutely. of. If you really want to throw Pete off his game, be like, hey, best ball sack in metal. <laughs> and then I just want... Then he's going to be like, oh, my God, I don't know. I don't know. Rob Flynn, I know. Right. <laughs> Listen, if we're going off the carry takes of his hair, then definitely I would second yeah. that. He wore a diaper and performed. <laughs> I was staring rap. at the ball sack the whole time. I'm like, look at this guy. Look at this guy. Is that where his He's talent? shitting and playing guitar on stage. <laughs> Is that where his talent comes from? That's a true story. He had like he had like some sort of stomach problem and he in, in like South America and he wore Went a diaper. Out on good stage. for him. Dude, yeah. that's called giving it up to your fans. That's a good man. Let's not question his ball stacks. I'm never going to. So five star review. Thank you guys though. And also if you guys want to check out some documentary shows on uh, artists that you may love like Peter Steele, like Phil Anselmo, like we're going to finish up Dave Brocky eventually guys. I'm real sorry. During the quarantine, it's almost impossible, impossible for me to not spend time with my kids 
and uh, do RTO. So that show has taken a little bit of a break, but don't worry, guys. We'll get back to it. But check out all the 85-episode Chappelle show, uh, ECW for your wrestling fans, Wendy O. Williams, G.G. Allen, Gross, all those dudes, right? John Walsh, doesn't matter. What else did we do? Henry South Rollins, Park. South Park, Trey and Matt. Yeah, dude. Crash. Guys, Steve Biko. Steve Biko, if you want to oh, cry. Yeah, That's if you want to cry your hardest. <clears throat> Fuck. Anyways, guys, yeah, so check out Rise to Offend, our other podcast, if you guys are down. Give that a five-star click, and that's it, my friends. Until next week, keep sending the emails, rise to offend at gmail.com. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.